Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back, film fans. This is Beer Bourbon in a Movie. I'm Tawana. And I'm Bond. And we're two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to the art of film, the taste of a good beverage, and everything in between. We're glad you're back, people. So grab a seat, film fans, beer drinkers, and bourbon lovers alike. This is episode 22. Oh, yeah. This week's folks, we're going to be talking about You Were Never Really Here with Joaquin Phoenix and A Quiet Place. Tawana, what are we going to sit today? Well, this week, because we are in such isolated states in both films, and um, pretty much rural in one, mm-hmm. I thought I'd do something sort of rural-based. So I'm going to go straight out of the uh, tapas monasteries of uh, Chimay, Belgium, and do two beers today. I'm going to do... Um, the Premier Ale, which is like uh, Chumay Rogue, mm-hmm. and Chumay Blue, which is all- otherwise known as Grand Reserve Ale. So basically what happens with the Trappist is uh, the registered trademark Trappist certifies that this ale was brewed within the walls of an existing Trappist monastery. So under the control of the Trappist community, the major part of the sales revenue is used by the monks to support like their charitable work. So the beer can be a little pricey, but it's otherwise going to a really good cause. So the exceptional yeast uh, in, in the beer is basically isolated and combined with the with the purity of the, um, the highly protected water of the Abbey's well, mm-hmm. and it gives Chumay its unique richness. So wow. basically, I'm doing two, right? So I'm doing what they call Chumay Red, which is... Uh, or Premier, which is basically a dark brown colored double, which has a uh, like a sweety, fruity aroma. It's not so bitter. Um, some people say others have bitter. So they come in basically like four different varieties. I'm sorry, I should have started that way. Mm-hmm. They come in basically a, a golden, um, a double, a triple, and a quad. So today I'm, I'm going to do Shumai the Quad, which is blue. Mm-hmm. And that one is... Uh, is called Grand Reserve. It's basically a copper brown beer, has a light, creamy head and a slightly bitter taste. Like okay. some people call it spicy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's considered to be like their classic ale. And it also has this like really fruity, peppery character. But primarily, these are basically like really isolated, challenged, uh, like um, time honored tradition beers okay and um they can't be made without an authentic trappist stamp okay. so i just thought that it worked rural beer, nice and rustic rustic beer you know it makes a difference and they're really high in alcohol content too so um the blue is nine percent because it's basically a quad and the red is a double so it's a seven so I, you know very cool so i might be a little messed up well, I'm going a little rustic today because I, I decided to bring in some old Overholt uh, rye. Yes. This, th- today's episode is about rye today. Mm-hmm. And uh, this this rye was uh, created back in 1810, which right. is very old. 
And uh, I, I, I think it's, I wanted to have that rustic feel because both of these films kind of felt, like you said, isolated and kind mm-hmm. of to themselves, even though one was set in New York and one was set out somewhere in the right. mid, it felt like Midwest or down south. There was a big yeah, farm. Yeah, it was a big farm. And you know, and I, I saw it, so I said, well, what would we drink on a farm? So I decided to right. do a, a bourbon and iced tea kind of thing because I'm from the south and I understand that I appreciate and understand a good bourbon with my iced tea. Right. And this one has a little hint of peach with it. Right. So what I would do is I would soak my peaches mm. in bourbon yes. overnight at least. Sounds amazing. And then add them to the iced tea that I blend in the sun. Mm-hmm. Soak up all that richness, all that caramel, vanilla flavor that you get from the rye. Yes. Also, this one's a little peppery, so it's a little spicy. Ah, it's 80 proof. Nice. It's really good. It's not expensive. We're, we're going back to ones that you can afford. This is something that actually really retails anywhere from 18 to 25 bucks. Right. So it, it's an affordable whiskey, and I think it's something that everyone could enjoy, and it's really amazing in this iced tea right now. This is actually pretty tasty. I'm glad you like it. Which is why I'm going to be a little messed up. And Alex Alex (laughs) over here. What's up? Our sound man extraordinaire. Brought a little little product. Yes. He brought a little something for us to taste tonight. I brought a little product. Um, I also think I've graduated past the title sound man. Um, (laughs) I would like to consider myself a producer of the show. Oh, we can do producer. Yes, you are. You you are that. Uh, I contribute sound recording. Some creative ideas. Yes. Um, and I also have a new segment called, yes. if you didn't catch on the last episode, Movies yeah. White People Like. Yes. So, <laughs> That's producer a, is what we call you from now on. Please. Yes. Um, I have some other things I call you, but we won't Yes, that. he does. He does. He does. This is not a G-rated show, but Vaughn feels like he should uh, By all himself. means. Yeah. So what I brought today was actually, again, things that white people like. I went to a farmer's market. <laughs> Black people like farmers markets. I know white people really like farmers. Markets. Hello, it's called sharecropping. We created uh, farmers markets. <laughs> okay. Us and Amish. I'm very uncomfortable now. <laughs> oh God. So tell us what you're drinking, Alex. <laughs> okay, so um, this is a potato vodka called 1857. It's a small batch, uh, small batch vodka. Um, grown and distilled and grown, distilled and bottled uh, at Barber's Farm up in Middlesburg, New York. So this is a small batch, uh, small batch vodka that's extremely smooth, very soft, uh, very soft finish. Mm-hmm. It's a sipping vodka. Uh, made yeah. me think sort of good for this film. Uh, one, because it's obviously this is farmed in a very quiet place. Yes. Right. Um, these are very small towns. Um, that do sort of small, small batch farming. What's what I love about this brand is when I when I was trying it. I mean, first of all, the flavor and how smooth it was to drink okay. was fantastic. But um, just learning about the history, um, you know, this literally comes from farms that were uh, started to be um, worked on back in 1857, um, and it's yeah, the flavor is just phenomenal. The potatoes that they grow are directly go directly into the actual batch itself. So on the label here, it says it was harvest 17 and batch eight. Wow. So that's really, really cool that you're sort of, you can see kind of the soup to nuts mm. um, booze production or uh, vodka production. Right. But I mean, the way it's described, a gentle nose, sweet tone, soft finish, um, gives it a very sophisticated character, achieved through our ability to control every aspect of production from our fields to our bottles. So um, just made me think of sort of rural, uh, rural atmosphere, sophisticated drink. 
Um, and yeah, the bottle's beautiful and minimalist and a little bit creepy. Uh-huh. And I think that, you know, Tawano posts a lot of images so you guys see what yeah, these bottles Yeah, of all like. of these, actually. And so you'll get a, a look and feel of, of what we're, we're talking about here. Right. And I think that you're right, Alex. I On think Instagram. that there is something special about how it all plays in these little small batches of things and these drinks yes. and how these movies have kind of unfolded for us. Well, I we're, think it's kind of interesting. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I thought it's kind of interesting that we all came to that. Yeah. That conclusion mm-hmm. on our own, because mm-hmm. we don't always tell each other what we're bringing, no. and we all just brought in some sort of small batch, right. farm-grown, created uh, beverage. Right, rustic feels. Rustic feels mm-hmm. with, you know, specific elements from the ground. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about these movies. Sure. First one up, you were never really here. Absolutely. Uh, made by this book by the same name. Uh, and directed by Lynn Ramsey. Yes, directed by Lynn Ramsey, and the book is by Jonathan Ames. Yes, that's what I was looking for. I mm-hmm. made a mistake there. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so the book is written by Jonathan Ames, who is also a producer and a writer. Um, he's got a few other books, and this is, uh, I believe, Lynn Ramsey's second book. Second film? film based on a book. She's had a she's had a couple of films in her her lineage and uh yeah in her lineage she's had she's she's been actually a DP, um producer writer, uh straight out of Scotland. Um, you might know her other film. You need to talk about. Uh, we need to talk about Kevin, starring Tilda Swinton. Yeah, she's had actually she's actually had three films. She's had yeah. uh, Rat Catcher from yeah. ninety nine. That was her DP had, work. It just it just references the film, and then she had another one in in two thousand two, and then we need to talk about Kevin, which was from twenty eleven. Yeah, well, she yeah, because she's done she's done a few of them, and she's done she's done a lot of shorts. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got something coming out called Mobius, but she's done a lot of shorts. Um, sort of like in between, like she's had a few, and then she's had a few more. And I guess she shot them herself because she was a DP on a few, on a lot of the shorts, but. If you've seen We Need to Talk About Kevin, you will really appreciate this because uh, it's very similarly toned and um, very similarly shot and directed. Um, But, well, that's also because it's the same DP. Uh, Mm. (laughs) The DP is Thomas um, Townen. He also did, I don't know if anybody knows this, maybe you know, Alex, the British uh, film Attack the Block with Boyega. I only know about that because it was brought up when people were sort of like, who's this Boyega guy from yeah. Star Wars? And yeah. Then, yeah. Is that, that's like an aliens invading, right? Yeah. It's like, um, it's like him and the, him and the, the lads from like, the estate kind yeah, of mounted defense. Yeah, it's like defense, an alien you know? invasion of the yeah. world. And I like saw that film. these hood kids I like saw it. saved Ma- the world. Mars mm-hmm. Attacks. It was great. Yes. Like UK hood edition. Yeah. Let's watch it again. But it really I, I saw cool. it recently. Yeah, yeah, no, I really like it. I thought it was really good. And mm-hmm. that was the first time I ever saw him. And I I really liked it. But anyway, so yeah, so so we have this movie, You Were Never Really Here. We originally said we were gonna review a film called A Beautiful Day. Right. Which apparently this film has two names, and I don't know why. Um <laughs> We're still trying to figure out. <laughs> we're still that trying out. to figure out why. Because initially that's all it was advertised as but i remember seeing a trailer that said it was you were never really here in um in in 
in Angelica when I went to see a fantastic woman. And mm-hmm. so, you know, anyway, so we're here. <laughs> you were mm-hmm. never really here. Mm-hmm. So anyway, let's go on. So you never really hear is about a traumatized veteran, um, unafraid of violence, tracks down missing girls for a living. And when a job spins out of control, uh, the character Joe's nightmare overtakes him as a conspiracy is uncovered, leading to what may be his death trip or his awakening. Wow. Stunning film. Yes. Stunning cinematography. Absolutely. I can't say enough about Joaquin Phoenix's performance. There Amazing. Was so many, there were so many quiet moments. There was so much. So many. So much silence. So many long takes in this film. There were just yes. moments where he would just be literally looking in the mirror and, and just experiencing his his upheaval. Because I feel like he was going through, one, he was dealing he's, with post-traumatic stress yeah, he's, he's from a, his war days. From his war days. And his early childhood. His early childhood. And so then he had to nurture his mom. And, and then he was dealing with being this this contract yeah. killer, basically. And, and just all the things that he was dealing with. Yes in this role and, and I felt like Joaquin brought a, a different kind of performance to this and, and he had to literally I'm not sure I understand I apologize. <laughs> like, what the hell? Yes. He literally had to change his body and his whole look yes. to fit this character. Yeah. Because in he's the massive. description in the description of him, he's described as this barrel chest um yeah, he's massive. Ex military guy. Yeah, he was a marine, and he was huge, and 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 just that you know he was overweight, he was unhappy, he was scarred up from from, from his from life, life and also military and his his yeah. upbringing. And I think that you saw a slice of life, and it was it was interesting to me to see yeah. New York in a film again where you didn't see the normal tropes of New York. A lot of it right. was shot in Queens and in Lower Manhattan, yes. on Third Avenue, like Lower Third. And yes. I, I kept watching the film to as I was watching. Trying see, to see right? what were those cues, but yeah. they literally gave us gritty city. Well, like you didn't necessarily have to know it was in New York, right? But no, but it was very a New York film, and it mm-hmm. reminded you a lot of Taxi Driver. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of water in this, like Taxi Driver. There was a lot of them, which which really symbolizes emotion for all you who are not aware of that. Film um, theory. Film theory, yes. Uh, we do chop it up a little. Um, it also did the whole play on the. Um, the side mirrors for making background, foreground, foreground, background, played a lot with elements, very much like uh, Taxi Driver. Yeah, for sure. The sound even was was a lot like Taxi Driver also. The sound was a lot like Taxi Driver, a lot of silly city elements, a lot of water splashing, a lot of water sounds, just like there was lakes, there was rain, there was wet alleyways, the streets were shiny, um, just, just, just that, that gritty New York. You definitely felt there was a definite sense of the street. Cause I, I remember at one point while watching the movie, I felt like, well, where's this noise? Cause like it was, it was in just the everywhere. theater, the way they played it in the theater, yeah. you felt it all around you. Oh yeah. It was a typical New York mm-hmm. film because I mean, if you've ever been to New York, um, and visited and you're not from New York really, and never really lived here, you will understand that is a, there is a considerable amount of noise in the city because right. the city never sleeps. And there's always walking, there's always talking, there's always banging, there's always movement, there's always something. And to, to, to this point, I will say, when I leave New York and travel elsewhere, 
I cannot fall asleep without some sort of noise. Mm -hmm. It is ingrained in me. It's creepy, eh? Yeah, it's you feel like you're missing it. I'm like, missing it. It's miss it's it. like a blanket. So I don't care if I turn on a television, play play like Spotify really low, something. Because if I sleep in a country like Element, like the Quiet Place, I would have driven myself crazy. I would have had to have some something tapping at all right. times because mm -hmm. I cannot exist without sound. No, I hear you. Well, and the, and the, there was so many layers in this film yes. because you had you had all of the the yeah. silence, because there was a lot of silence lot at of play silence. here. There was a a, a great um, sound mix going on in this. So film. much, and and you never really get to see a lot of that in in the movies that we've no. been talking about lately. That this was cinema. So yes, you saw, this is very much cinema because of the way that sound was used and audio was used. Yes, and how the shots were it taken, yeah. and like those long takes of just the water yes. itself. And, and, and just those moments. And one scene that stands out to me, and you mentioned it earlier, we mm. were talking about it before we went on, on the air here, was that that scene where he, he shot the, hit, the killers that came in and they killed his mom. Him holding Spoiler. His, it doesn't matter. It does matter a little. She, no, it doesn't matter. Let's, let's, not, it doesn't let's matter. not spoil it entirely. Go see the movie. Yeah, but, but let's not spoil this it. They doesn't don't have a matter. reason. They, it that, doesn't matter. It does matter. The me, mother dying does not matter. To the me, point was he held the hand of the man. Who holds the hand of your killer? Yeah, but well, it speaks he, to... He was a bit of a compassionate Right. Man. It speaks to him as a as this a troubled, tortured character. Yeah. And how... Even the killer doesn't want to die alone. Well, yeah, and they mm -hmm. and they kind of have a conversation, and there's this to 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 take your point about the the sound. Music plays a great deal. Absolutely. There's a lot of late '50s, early '60s music playing, like Mr. Sandman type stuff, you right. know. Um, and a song that's really prevalent during and and this this director, yeah. Lynn does a lot with music. She always she infuses lot, yeah. music into her films. Yes. And a big song in this film is Angel Baby, which was from nineteen sixty one yes. by Rose in the Originals. Was that the one he was singing with his mom? Yes. Okay. That's by Rose in the Originals. And um from nineteen sixty one. The song that played when he was holding that guy's hand. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna post it on Facebook for all our fans to to check it out because sure. But there's something that there's something about those moments, yeah. And the fact that you can be in a moment, and you, and there are things that you, even upon death, and even upon those moments in your life, those quiet moments, yeah. That songs and and memories, yeah, are evoked. And I think that there was something special about that. And, I, yeah. and like I said, it was just this movie was very special to me. And I think that yes, very. Joaquin special. Joaquin does not get enough credit because. He's that kind. I could not imagine any other actor in this role. No, no, no. He was he was so he was so good. I mean, in this film, we could talk about we can talk about the story, which was interesting, um, and the thematic approaches. But what I, what I really, really, really liked is that she is a cinematographer and works so well with her cinematographer. Um, and so you can see it in the crafting of their shots. First of all, I could not decide whether I needed to take notes or watch it or watch it and take notes. It was just yeah, too much. Sure. I mean, the opening shot um, where we don't, we later realize that it's, it's water, but mm -hmm. there's that opening shot that juxtaposes back and forth between him in a bag 
which looks like he's suffocating. Yeah. And um, this sort of bokeh in the water. Yeah. So it's like the water and the so lights beautiful. and the bokeh. It's, it's, it's stunningly beautiful. I'm totally in love with the silhouettes in this film. Um, totally in love with the scenes of him and his mom, which totally reminded me of me and my grandma. Um, though I didn't curse my grandma. Out. And I hope you didn't try to kill her with a knife and think about it at least twice. No, I didn't. I never. But I also didn't curse her out. Because Psycho was the running theme in this film. Psycho was a running theme, and I'm OD loving that. My <laughs> dog, at least my ex-dog. Your ex-dog. <laughs> my ex-dog, because it was my ex. Uh, his name Hitch, and I named that motherfucker. Um, after Hitchcock, because everybody knows. Not after the um, Will Smith movie? No, fuck that shit. Um, good, good timing. The best thing about that was uh, was the actress, whose name I can't remember now. <laughs> Let's be honest. Mm, I'm honest. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, onward. Yes. <laughs> Let's stay on this some, movie. Some of some of the other things that really spoke to me were a lot of like the scenes like you mentioned we were talking about. Um had a great deal of like two shots, uh a great deal of composition work, angles, lighting, just that very big fondness for close ups, oblique shots. There were so many oblique shots of him, blew my mind. Totally loved it. It's there's usually not a lot of oblique shots of men. Absolutely. And you know the what my favorite Mm. was when he came into the brothel and mm. did what he had to do. It was all from all the surveillance. All shot from surveillance. So, so amazing. Good. So amazing. And it, was, it literally followed him. And mm-hmm. the music, the music, the music would change. Was, was that 50? Well, it was. The, but the music would change yeah. every time he, gets, he got to a different floor. A different floor, yeah. You felt a different segment of the same yeah. song. They yeah. really, they, they spent time with that. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. I mean, it was so much diagenic and non-diagenic music. Which means one is for the audience and one is for the film, uh, and so they would play interplay that off each other, and it was like there was two separate songs they used that were really jarring. Mm-hmm. It was like eek eek, eek almost like almost like Psycho, you know. Psycho has that that song do 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 do, and then it'd be like eek eek eek. It felt the same way, mm-hmm. and it, it played in in terms in in played up the mood, it played up the tone. It was very interesting. Another scene I really liked was um, the train platform scene. Oh, yeah. Starts off dark, which I am so in love with silhouettes. It's like my my main thing in terms of my own personal work, in terms of how I like to shoot with a lot of natural light. He's standing in the darkness in the shade of the platform on the train. And you don't even realize he's on the train at first. And he slowly emerges into the light, and he's looking down onto the, the this tracks. Is, onto it? the tracks, and mm-hmm. this is an elevated train. Um, in New York, we have elevated trains. I'm sure if you guys don't know, much like Chicago or anything like that. Uh, and so he's looking down onto the elevated platform, and you could see that it looks like he might be contemplating suicide. Yeah. Um, and he keeps looking down into it, and then when he stands up, leans up forward. There's some woman watching him who has obviously been abused. Right. Um, hence forth, like, his whole job is to protect these abused girls, right? Yes, for sure. So she's looking at him halfway like a hero and halfway like like a savior of some sort and halfway like, what's he doing? And 
it's really sort of amazing because he's in profile. She's full on with us, but her face is fractured by the beam on the train. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just like so amazing because they really took care in like how they would shoot things. Fracturing this woman's face is so amazing. It says so much. She's a broken woman. This is, they're broken people. Uh, you know, broke breaking up the scene in terms of lines, in terms of light. You know, it just it it, it it's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there were there was so much more. It's just like um, his bruises told his story to me, both as in oh, all his bruises, all his, and his bruises scarring on his scarring his on his body told his story. They totally told his story through flashbacks and sort of hallucinations as you trek through the story. You know, um, so so symbolic. So many things were so symbolic of like all the emotions that were going on in the film. And I just like I was saying, I really like this sort of like interplay of the story. So like the flashbacks back and forth um, between what has happened in the past and what has happened currently in the story. Right. I just in terms of the. I mean, this is all cinematography, right? So in terms of, like, um, cinematography, just the push-ins. Like, when he was coming, he jumped out the window. It's a a shot of, like, a living room window. Boring, right? Old-ass, like, uh, radiator box. You mean radiator? Yeah, but there's a box that goes over it. I know. I mean, hello, Queens. Radiator. Radiator. Yeah. The radiator, I got you. Radiator, radiator. Well, the whole thing, you know. But wait, my, wait. One of my the things about it, on that was amazing. But my thing about it was the scene where he was outside the window where his mom was laying in the bed. Yeah. You know, in the bed, there was that scene where he saw what was happening, mm-hmm. what had happened to her, and he was kind of processing it. Right. And he was he was so traumatized by it, yeah. but he knew he couldn't stay in that moment. He had to jump into action. Oh yeah. And he did it right away. And in this movie. This movie delves with it, but you know what I would have liked to have learned more about uh-huh. was the little girl. Yeah, because she had a lot going on too. She <laughs> don't tell too much. I'm not gonna tell anything. I just want you to watch it for this little girl because but, there was something about her. Yeah. Like I could have spent so much more time even with her. She was very good. Her yeah, name this is This little girl was amazing to me. Ekaterina yeah. Samsonov. She's yeah, a Russian, she must be a Russian. A Russian-American model actress. She was, in this world, she was supposed to be 13 years old. And, you know, she was supposed to be rebellious. But yeah, I'm like, about that. I don't know if we, we really got rebellious from her. I just think that I she, did. I got rebellious from her. like, okay, there was she a was scene. in this experience. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, that scene. Yeah. But I think that there was something about her. There was something in her eyes. And I felt like there was so much more. Yeah. Because he actually needed her. You know, what? You know all yeah. these, as the story unfolded. He needed her, and she needed him. She needed him in a in a way that it was just like well, and and then as we learned about the father, and then the senator, I was like, well, what? I, you know, as I watched this, I was like, I yeah, just, was I wanted about her father. Yeah. I really needed some more of that. Well, I just thought it was like to me, it made sense because it was like two troubled souls bound together by this common darkness that mm-hmm. they shared, and the common and the darkness that they didn't share was also really a commonality too. Um, and they seem to understand each other's darkness. Oh, definitely. And definitely so that. when he lost his mom, 
which was a brilliant scene. Unbelievably shot underwater as she sinks. Um, right. and, and the ringlets of her blonde hair popping out of like... Out of the bag. Out of the bag yeah. as it sunk. <laughs> is absolutely beautiful. All shot underwater, which hence we understand the opening with the with the bokeh and everything. Mm-hmm. Super, super beautiful. And, and I really understand... Explain like, to the film fans what bokeh means. All right, bokeh is... So for you, for those of you who aren't uh, cinematically or are filmically inclined, there's a filter usually on your phone that says bokeh. Or your camera. Or your camera. But no, but all these all these apps have these bokeh filters. Mm. So basically, it's it's like a depth of field image. And what happens is there's these little circles that are created by the light, and it captures it based on where you're positioning your depth of field. Mm-hmm. And it, it if you've ever seen little tiny circles in an abundance, and through that you see like an image. Um, and, the, and the bokeh, the bokeh are the little circles, they sort of break up the image a little, mm-hmm. but they coexist in the same plane. That's bokeh, and I know you guys have seen it because if you haven't created it yourself, you actually can use it on your app, like I said. It, it's it's a beautiful um, filmic element that you can use if you understand lighting and uh, depth of field. Yeah, and you know the thing about it, I think what what, what stood out to me was this film was very noir-like. Very he, noir. He was definitely... He was definitely the agent of change. He was he was troubled. He was trying. To, he was the detective in this role. Yes. Even though he was the killer, he still was on a hunt. He was the detective in this, yes. and it speaks to noir in so many ways. I, I think the girl was almost the film fatale in it, the little girl, because yeah, she was sure. she yeah. was the one he was searching for, but she also had her own power. Well, yeah, well, film fatale in the sense that. She had her own power because it's like femme fatale can be can be broken down to a few different ways. So femme fatale could be like um, Jennifer Lawrence in Red Sparrow or mm. Charlize Theron in Atomic Blonde, okay. um, very sort of heroic badass bitch type of way. Or she could be a badass bitch that's always like the evil woman that controls you. Right. And this girl was kind of like that, like the close up of her eyes and just the way she would control things and say his name. Her counting was melodic and and meditative. And And her counting was the same as his counting. Yes, but he did it in a different way. He seemed to have an affinity for suffocating himself, Mm -hmm. much as a coping device, it seemed, like as when some people cut themselves or count or walk in like meditative paces to sort of calm themselves down and to like um, Alex does bridge the gap between <laughs> that and reality. Yes, that's I, very personal, Vaughn. I, I don't really want that kind of stuff spoken about. Yeah, I wouldn't comment on that, Vaughn. Okay, I'm troubled. Next, triggered. <laughs> Sorry, but, Alex. <laughs> anyway, Good. so anyways, I mean, I, I I just wanted to continue talking about how I, how well I thought this was shot yes. I, the, between the composition, the beautiful. angles, the lighting, their fondness for close up. As I said, the oblique shots of mostly him, by the way, which probably can be led to the fact that this is a film. Um, made by a woman, so she objectified the man a little more than she mm-hmm. would the girl. 
Also, the girl was objectified enough in this film, so we didn't really need to to honor that. But I mean, they did do a lot of close up on her eyes. The intensity of that leads to like the emotion. The two shots on the floor with the killer in the kitchen, you know, um, just the interplay of stories, the push ins, the pull outs, the POVs. All these are very cinematic terms where you dolly in or you dolly out. Um, POVs would be the point of view of somebody else. Um, just shooting through elements, the shooting through furniture or past furniture, the shooting through the glass table that he mm-hmm. looked down onto is like drugs and cards and all kinds of shit. And we were and looking blood. up in blood and we were looking up into his face through the floor. Um, also, we were talking about sort of like uh, editorial cuts in terms of like jump cuts. There was a lot of jump cuts, a lot of sounds of water. The sounds of the diner at the end Mm -hmm. were mind-blowing. And I really love that because it puts you in a state. I think a lot of people, I think most of us can understand what the sound of a diner sounds like, especially in America. America, a diner is a very American thing. Yes. And that sound of clinking, clinking, um... Silverware, silverware and, and, glassware and, and mindless and chatter, and <laughs> yeah. then and then what's happening with your character in the front mm-hmm. as that plays the background is very instrumental in terms you of had like people conversations. Yeah, it places you. Had, you. you had all of the elements in there. Oh yeah, Alex, did they have diners in New Zealand? Not really. No, that's an American thing. It's, it's, it's really American. Like, like there are di- there are American style diners, right? Right. To create very, that American feel. But it's very feel. much like a, it's it's like a kind of staged experience. It's like, yeah, like, like it's a, like a theme. Very kitschy. It's like yeah. a theme restaurant. Like uh, Denny's. Like right. Planet Hollywood. Do, you know, it's like themed. Do you have okay. Denny's? Is yeah, Denny's? we have Denny's. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, Denny's okay. Here. I wasn't sure if Denny's, Denny's was just like an exported stage bullshit thing, or if it was like a real American. Denny had a little issue with race. And my mom got what? paid. Yeah. My mom got paid from her Denny's experience. Yeah, because for a while, they yeah. were not serving blocks. What? Mm-hmm. And people, they would purposely not serve blocks Where? for a while. When? Um, everywhere. Like in recent history? Uh, yes. Within the past like was, five years was, or so. No, it was longer than that. It was, Maybe five or ten. That happened in the 90s. But I was going to say like. No, but it also like, happened like, in like, the 2000s. Like no, but what I'm saying seven, is it happened the in the 90s. That, your, that, for your mom. Everybody was affected by it and there was a class action suit. Yeah, there was a class action suit. In the 2000s. And now they're very inclusive. I was because gonna say, it was really it, their people that were doing If it went outside of the 70s, go fuck yourself. Yes, it was outside the 70s. (laughs) And they were purposely not serving blacks and people of color. Right. Wow. Or harassing them. Or they were harassing them. And but the, all that is, I guess, water under the bridge now. But I still don't service a Denny's. The only people that work at Denny's in New Zealand are people of color. So, <laughs> well, right. that's New Zealand, baby. You know what I mean? Like there ain't none of that going on. <laughs> no, that's going it. on here. But I guess they've resolved that. But anyway, right. so back to the movie. Back to the movie. There was Very a scene. Family so friendly, inclusive then, place. So the thing about the diner is, um, not only was there all this sort of like back talk and chatter and. Um, um, there was also this sort of 50s music, 50s, 60s, early 60s music. Like I said, that Mr. Sandman, Angel Baby type of play, which mm-hmm. puts you in a state of mind of a sort of like a little blissful. Yeah, because it was in America, folks. Yes. The 50s was deemed as the time when 
everything was great. Everybody was happy. Baby booming, right? Excuse me, excuse me. It was really about white folks. But it was baby booming. Yes, but it was really about white people Mm -hmm. because everything was happy. You had all the rock and roll. You had the dating, and the white people were just happy and cheerful. White picket fence. White picket fences. Right. You didn't. This this was. This is like pro war. Right. I mean, um, post war. Right. People were coming back. Well, it's because, war, because baby woman. Well, it's because mm-hmm. you know we we had we being the allies yes. had completely obliterated yes Asia and Europe right yeah you know for good but, reason at many times but the whole point however was, still there was nothing left and so America could supply America the was world in a, everything. America was in a special place and, and well it, that was and, it. America's heyday the, that Trump this, wants us this back is the at. time that America that Trump wants to bring back again yeah. he wants he, America he's, well to he's gonna again. have to trigger a third world war bomb Asia and Europe again and then American manufacturing can have its renaissance well, yeah we'll, we'll but start with that'll Syria never happen first. considering yeah. we are dedicated to Samsung phones and iPhones and Absolutely. all things Korean Japanese and Chinese mm. yeah. so anyway I see but like it, I said, I, I feel like I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not hearing all the freedom in your tone of voice. I'm hearing who is free triggers. again. I ain't hearing freedom. <laughs> I still don't know who's supposed I'm to be sorry, free. I'm sorry. I don't know I who's hearing, supposed to be free. I ain't hearing. I am a black lesbian freedom in, in America, and I'm lucky I was born and raised in New York. I ain't hearing freedom. Otherwise, I'd be hearing a lot of pain. I ain't hearing freedom. Wow. Okay, well, let's let's said, move said forward the to guy? the. Let's I move. ain't hearing freedom. Said the white guy. Let's it's move so forward to the end of the scene. I gotta say, it is a lot of fun to play the heel. <laughs> it's so easy. Triggered. I love Alex, y'all. No, we all do. Right. We do so, love Alex. Let's let's, let's um, go back. Our producer. Let's go back to this. Yes, Alex, the <laughs> producer. Yeah, what a stretch that is. <laughs> I, I just I just I just run. Production at a major agency. Don't worry about it. Oh my god! I can produce. I can produce this podcast. Were you? Were you triggered? Thank you so much. He triggered. Is, all right, Alex is being triggered now. <laughs> let's let's wrap this this part of the show. Okay, with, so let's wrap this up. No, I want to linger on this. <laughs> let's not. <laughs> but okay, so how I feel about this film is, I think it's brutal, brilliant, and beautiful. These are troubled souls, like I said, bound together by common darkness. And I think if you're in for a dark thriller, mm-hmm. this is for you. Um, and if you enjoy it, like uh, the ladies who were sitting behind me in the movie theater this morning, four Caribbean ladies who were just like, excuse me, did you get this film? And I explained it to them. And they left with a sense of understanding after this film. So this is for you, Caribbean ladies. But <laughs> well, shout out to shout out to shout out to Joaquin older. Phoenix and his yes. one. He won the Cannes Best Actor for this role. Yes. Did he really? Because yes, yeah. he did. Yeah. Wow. This, this film this has, is the second time she's been nominated too over there. She. she? Well, you mean Joaquin? Well, I meant she. I'm talking as about Joaquin director. Phoenix now. Uh. She, yes, she's done, and she was also nominated, and she won. She's for the won Bafters. But the she's whole the, the the point of this film, this is a film that's been in the film festival circuit for over a year. Yeah. Before we actually got to see it on the big screen, mm. and I think that it speaks to him because he is one. He's an amazing actor. Yeah. He comes on the heels of his brother River Phoenix. Yeah, but he's made him his. But own, he's made his, his mark, own, his own legacy. And, yeah, and, and that's the beauty of it. And there was the time when he was actually going to turn away from the whole. Alex, is your drink cold enough? This is Alex's ice, by the way, folks. I'm sorry, I forgot this was just 
Movie. Beer, bourbon, and a movie, and a little bit of vodka. Apparently it's called, a, 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 a little uh, bit it's of blank, blank, and a movie. Obnoxious um, ice shaking, though. A little bit of ice. <laughs> it's very obnoxious. <laughs> yes. I got the spirit of 1857 in me. Oh, this vodka. All right. So, Lord have mercy. But what I was saying was, <laughs> yes, Juan, continue. Joaquin has yes. done his great job in this, and he takes on these kind of roles where he does. It's, it's not about beauty. It's not about celebrity. It's not no, about he star. embodies the character. He totally inhabited it, and I want people to see it, find it. I know it's going to be hard to find. No, actually, places. it's playing a lot. Well, okay, depending on where you live. It's probably going to be hard. But in New York, in Manhattan, it's in like five major theaters. This is New York. I know. Outside I said, of this world. I just said, Unique. depending on where you live. New York. But there are places like. Unique. If you're living in Long Island, it's probably playing in a couple places, in a couple art house theaters. Strong Island. If you live. Strong Island is Staten Island. No, Can you get it straight? It's not. You're wrong. It really is. I know many people from Long Island. And that's not. And the they term. love Strong Island. And they're wrong. <laughs> they love Strong Island because they don't have, have you anything. ever they're, heard of Wu Tang? They're white people in What Long do Island. they say? They're not wrong. Strong about Island. They're not wrong. Strong about Island anything. is Staten Island. Tawana, you listen are to a him. foreigner. Listen to him. <laughs> listen to him. Tawana. I'm trying to educate you. You're not educating shit. Tawana, okay. listen to what he said. The white people he knows. The white people he knows. Yes. They want to be strong. I work island. in that. They want to be strong. They want to be strong. They want to be strong. Missing, you're Tawana. missing what I'm saying. Yes, this I'm is right. to the point. Yes. They <laughs> want to be strong island. Yes. Well, they would so have to if move. The, if they want to be to strong a borough island. Of New York. If they want to be strong island, yes. let them have Staten Island. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if they want to rep you Staten wanna, Island, sure. If you want to rep Staten Island, <laughs> by all means, you rep it all when day. you're in let Long Island, it. right? Let them have it. If you, you rep it all day. Rep it, rep it all day. <laughs> you, you Yankee hat See, wearing. Vaughn got it because Brooklyn is it. still the planet. Exactly. And then Make there's love. Manhattan. It's the Brooklyn way. And then there's Manhattan. Only because you live in Harlem is there. Harlem all day. Harlem world. It's Harlem folks. and Brooklyn. That's right. No other place exists. Nope. No place is hot. No, nothing's cool. I really? Mean, you're kind of right. You I mean, have to ask I, the question. <laughs> <laughs> you have to ask the question. <laughs> I'm sorry. I live in Queens and I, I mean, got I got to rep. I am in Harlem in Brooklyn. Shout out to Queens. All right. Now you're in Chelsea. But before you were what, Greenpoint. Greenpoint. That's oh, Brooklyn. Polak. It's Brooklyn. It was Brooklyn. Yes. Oh, that's so sad. It's okay. now part of Manhattan. I don't know if you realize that. Yeah. So, so let's segue <laughs> for all the people that don't live in New York. Yes. Anyway, you can they? find this at your local art house. Who if you they? can't, I'm almost certain that you will be able to find this soon on um, streaming devices. Maybe Voodoo will pick it up. Netflix for a sure. Didn't you say Amazon was supporting us? Ne- it's an Amazon film. It's, it's part an of Amazon, Amazon film. Studio. So Amazon's going to have it on there. Absolutely. Um, so if you can't find it in your local uh, Cineplex or uh, art house theater, um yeah, you'll find it there. But if you live in a metropolis, please go out and support because it is a very good film. And if you're into cinema, you will really enjoy it. If you want a good thriller, just do it. <clears throat> yeah, into a cinema. good dark thriller. What's wrong with dark, Tawana? <clears throat> I love dark all day. I hold it like a like a cherished childhood bl- favorite blanket. I bet you do. Favorite so blanket. Let's, let's talk about favorite a quiet blanket. place. I love my blanket. I love my blanket. A quiet place, please. Oh, segue to a quiet place. (laughs) Okay, what I've read, can I just preface this by saying, what I've read about this film is that people were saying how they, it was so quiet, they were afraid to eat their popcorn in the movie. Yes. 
I was Love not. That. Love that. Because it really wasn't a silent film. There were it moments. There were moments of hearing. Yes, it But was. we'll talk about the whole play on well, that sound in a ahead, minute. Give us a synopsis. So basically, this is A Quiet Place. Uh, directed by John Krasinski, who is badass like a motherfucker. Yes, he is. Just got to say, with all his multiple talents. Um, DP'd by Charlotte Bruce Christensen, a Danish woman. Nice. What? Who did Two A Girl women. on a Train, Fences, and Molly Game. Love Girl gotcha. on a Train. Love it. Um, oh, she did Molly's Game, too? She did Molly's Game. She's done a lot. And to 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 look at her... You wouldn't think she was that rugged cinematographer. She just seems like this delicate Danish woman, but she's killing it. Nice. Uh, so, okay, so a quiet game. It's about a family that is forced to live in silence while hiding from mysterious creatures that hunt by sound. What? Let's start, shall we? Intense. Intense. You want to you lead this, Alex? No. no. No? Oh. You're the host. Thanks, Alex. Oh, okay. I really don't Thanks, need to hear Alex. you anymore. We, we appreciate let it. Me, let me explain to you. <laughs> I, I literally saw it last night. And I was in a theater in Harlem, USA. Shout out to Harlem. Yes, we've shouted. Everyone, <laughs> everyone was quiet throughout this You can't help but be film. quiet. Oh, People boy. were sitting on the edge of their seats because they were like, because I'm bringing up stereotypes. No, no, we know. I know Harlem. We know theaters, Harlem can be crazy, and we talk. We talk during the movies in some situations. We, we and the thing was, <laughs> everybody sat there on the edge of their seats because it was like, oh my god, what this was the a movie leads you that this way. was a pure thriller, thriller roller coaster in, ride in the best sense because you you felt the you felt the intensity of it, and you wanted you didn't know what was going to happen next. Throughout every scene, you did you literally did not know what's going to happen next. Between Absolutely. how he, he how the family was trying to move around the town and try to find resources and food and well, they were else. just on such a roller coaster. Yeah, it was it was film. crazy, and it was like the fact that you had to be so silent to, was that well, they, in order to survive. Right. It was there was so much there was so much beauty in it, and the shots were just this was. It was America. You didn't really know. They it didn't, was rural America, yeah. Right. They didn't set this. They didn't. You weren't in a major city. You were in, obviously, a small town. Mm-hmm. And, and you were trying to survive. And yeah. there was there was something out there. You know what yes. I mean? And we didn't get a, initially, we didn't get a lot of shots of the alien. We didn't get a lot until the alien attacked, really. It, but that was the beauty of it because you yes. didn't really know what it was. Well, it was mysterious. And how they, the way they were signing to each other, and we yes. had a little subtitle. But the subtitle happened subtitle in a way was brief. that you were able to get it. Of course, you were able to read it and, and, yes. and move forward. Not like a foreign film, you were able to no. get it and follow the well, story. It, it was American Sign Language, and, and it, you literally it was was, you were held into the screen. You were you were part of this family. You were you part know, of you it. You felt like it. You were you were there with them. You felt the anxiety because they there was a lot of anxiety in this. Yes, and I, I watched the kids a lot in in this story because yes. I was like, wow, these these kids are really doing it, and and it, there was something so special about it. Yes, and how you had to kind of navigate this world, and it was only as the film opened, we were only a few days in to the we world were changing, like eighty two days in. Yeah, so it was it was like okay, we as an audience. Yes. Grew with the with the with the film itself. Well, we were we were immersed in the film, definitely. And I and I, I was I was so happy about it. And for John to create this from 
he's from the office. If, if anybody ever watched the office and watched his other work, he's he's so talented in that way. He's there was talented. so much nonverbal As is communication. His wife. Yes. They're face actors. Absolutely. There was so much communication <laughs> from, from them and, and the kids. I was like, yeah. oh my God, this this is incredible. Because I, I just wanted to see it more and more. I was eating this up Absolutely. as I was watching it. Well, I, I really love this film. I was on the edge of my seat. Actually, I'll see it again. Oh, yeah. Uh, thanks to Movie Pass. Which, by the way, you got to take a photo of your ticket now? I didn't have to do that. Well, I guess I got signed up because I didn't seen this so, seen movies so many times. You have to take a photo of your ticket. Certain people do in order to prove that you've been to the movie. Because I guess they have some fraudulent issues happening. But anyway, I'm not giving no shout out to Movie Pass, but yes, I. I ain't give a shout out. I'm giving a shout out because for ten dollars, I didn't seen about twenty five movies <laughs> in a month. I'm, I'm gonna give a you. shout out because the bitches saving money. <laughs> Woo! In New York, where it's eighteen motherfucking dollars a ticket. Yeah. It's only eight dollars. Oh, by the way, AMC Twenty Five is on the Movie Pass list now. Oh, what? nice. That's great. That's where I saw it this morning. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> Are we done giving Movie Pass a pass right now? I'm just sorry. I, I'm going to give props because I'm only paying $10 <laughs> to see movies. I mean, we pay a lot of movie money for movies in New York. We folks. do. We pay $18 a ticket, really, in the most expensive and in neighborhood. some places, it's like 20 and up. Well, it's like like uh, Union Square is like 18 42nd Street is like 17 and change. I mean, that's really pricey. 84th and Broadway is 20 I don't be up there. So my point is that's pricey. That's a, it's a movie. So like, what I I'm guess saying they figure is, that's what when they we, can when we print. come to you guys and talk to you about a movie, we're paying money to see these. We movies. pay movies. I mean, we would real talk. We would pay money for these movies anyway. But we would probably try and catch a matinee. But right. I mean, I've been. I used to go to movies every Tuesday because they're two for one in New York. Um, I don't know if it is where you live. Look into it because your cable provider does provide some sort of discount sometimes. Really? Uh, yeah, like AT and T and uh, Cablevision or they don't care. Spectrum. They fucking care because they don't want to pay money like we do. Guys, guys. Anyway, guys, I'm just looking at Movie Pass. Yeah. It says see up to four movies a month in theaters. Oh, what they changed this now? It's a limit. Yeah, they've limited it. They're constantly changing because people like you are going to see movies every two well, hours. don't give me a movie pass and say I can see a movie a day. So I can see one movie a week. So now this. I can see a movie a week, bitch? What is that? This actually works good for us, though, because we're still, that's four a month. Yes. We need to see four movies a month. So that works out for I us. mean, a sister like me need to see six sometimes. I need you to get get your life. Okay, I got my Let's life. Let's get back to All the right. movie, please. Back to the movie. I'm sorry. Listen, it's uh, beer bourbon in a movie. We talk about other shit. Okay, yeah. this is what I feel. John Krasinski wrote and directed and produced this, and I loved it. I love his play on sound, his diagenic and non-diagenic sounds. The sound changes for every character. So when we were talk, when we were the, in the POV of the deaf daughter, um, it was absolutely silent. There wasn't even a whisper of anything. Uh, dead silence, not even white noise. But for everyone else, it's the wind, the rustling of the leaves, the crunch of a step, even a whisper can be heard. Uh, the sound of water, the crash of a door, some feedback, uh, sound of the creatures maybe. Lightning was even uh, also sort of an amazing thing. The bulbs, the, the underground. A lot of this was really just 
just a play on sound on what it was to live in a silent world. I mean, the whole family had to exist in terms of American Sign Language, I'm assuming, because the actress, what's her name again? Millicent? Millicent. Millicent. Uh, Millicent Simmons? Simmons, yes. Uh, she, she's a deaf actress. And he fought and, for her to be in this role. Yes, John Krasinski actually fought for her to be in this because she is uh, a fervent uh, supporter of the deaf community and champions more more opportunities for deaf actors and wants hearing people to really sort of like learn sign language and feels that it's okay for you to learn sign language. So, I mean, I, I, I would learn sign language. And I'm going to give her a shout out because as a person with a disability and who's lived with one most of his life, I feel like it's yes. important for Hollywood yes. to acknowledge the fact that, okay, don't just have a movie talking about a disabled person Absolutely. or representing a dis- disabled person, but actually having a disabled person in the role. Yeah. That, that's important. And, we, and that's what he thought, too. We are so far behind every other place in this world in representing disabled people. Yeah, and we I are think sad. that we're. She she made inroads in this role mm-hmm. because she was represented in a way where he was like she was a superhero. She, she still was a superhero. She did her things. She she supported her family. She dealt with her own issues of not being able to hear. Well, here's my thing to you: Is she a superhero or is she merely a person living her life as she should? Exactly. She's that, that's not, my point. Just because that's she's disabled does not mean she's less than. Exactly. She, she is She is who she is. Exactly. And most of us live our lives on a daily basis right. just being who we are. Exactly. We're not special. We're just, we no. just have a situation we have to overcome. Yes. Because we have to live in your world. Yes. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, this is what it is. Yes. And she did that. And I, I commend her for that. And I think her performance was outstanding. It was outstanding, yeah. And I think that it, it, it led the film in a different way. It definitely did because they were actually shi- uh, signing because she taught the entire cast, which was like five people. Right. Um, she taught the entire cast to sign. Right. So it was very amazing that he championed for her to be in this. And I'm, I'm so glad that it happened because I think that we're all going to see another slice of life. And I know you see people in 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 the United States we see a lot of people with disabilities we see a lot of people with mental and physical disabilities yes. but we we hardly recognize people with with deafness it. and so on and so forth and i think that she opened up yeah. that whole lexicon of what that life is right you know and and me as a person who's in a wheelchair or who uses a wheelchair i don't interact with a lot of people who are deaf but just to know, and I see them on a daily basis, right. but that's not who what my life is. Right. So my thing is, wow, she's she's living her life the way I do. We have our struggles, we right. have our we have our obstacles, right. but she's doing what she has to do. Right. And she can survive. Right. An alien invasion. <laughs> yeah. Okay. She can survive an alien invasion and be a, a a poignant character in the film. I just see my what I like about this is to add to your point is Vaughn and I met in film school, mm-hmm. and I had no idea who he was. And he, um, what do they call it? You optioned? You joined a class that I was already in? Yes. Just to see how the classes were? Yeah. And automatically, because we were the only two black people in the class, they kind of like said, oh, meet Vaughn. This is the wheelchair black guy. Right. Um, sit with him. And then later I saw you in grad school, and I remember... 
we were in classes together, but I remember not knowing you really and seeing you roll down the street with 700 fucking bags around oh, with your all neck. The, with all you the camera had, equipment. You had a camera box. You had a tripod. You had a, um, a Zoom. A light kit. And a light kit all on your lap. All the all fucking wraps, fucking straps were around your neck. And I was like, look at this superhero motherfucker. Right. But as we became friends, really good friends, by the way, and then I grew to know you as a regular person. Right. And it, through knowing you, I understand what you go through. So it makes me vigilant of what you need, ramps, elevators, and right. living in this metropolis. And every other person who says, I want to kill myself because my pen doesn't work or it's fucking <laughs> rainy outside and my fucking shit, kill yourself. Right. Slit of wrists because this motherfucker is doing it in this hard-ass city. Well, okay? you know, so I, that's, that's what you, what's your term? No limits. No limits. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, it, it, it just speaks to the fact that in storytelling, there's a lot of stories to be told. Mm -hmm. And in what John did as the director in this, yes. he made her and her life journey important. Because yes. throughout yes, the did. film, he was trying to figure out a way for her to hear yes, he what was. was going on around her. As, a, as her father. As her father. He, it was his mission. It was his mission. To figure out a way for her to be able to hear the things around her. Because well, she also needed to hear because, at least a little bit, because she had a cochlear implant. Yes. And mm -hmm. she needed to understand that she needed to hear. And she was resistant. She was like, it's never going to work because it was right. sort of post-apocalyptic, I guess. Right, and she'd already experienced the, the She was just like, I can't hear anything. Mm -hmm. My hearing aid is not working. Right. My cochlear implant isn't working. And he was researching and, and searching in order to reassess and, and, and reinitiate her, her device. Because in this world, you needed to be able to hear yes. to understand if something was coming for you. Right. So they would signal her, like, shh, be quiet. There was right. a lot of, like, um, finger to the non -verbal mouth. Nonverbal communication. Nonverbal communication mm -hmm. to be quiet because she could not see what would be behind her. Right. Um, but it was interesting, too, that the entire family... The entire family was silent, but spoke in sign language, which just ultimately saved their lives. Yes, it did. Ultimately. I mean, they whispered a little when they were speaking to a hearing person. Yeah. But blew me away because it was really good. And it was it was beautiful in that way because this, this film literally was about the family dynamic and how you communicate with each other. Yes. And how you... How you feel about each other, and, and, and how you the, sacrifice, and you make the choices to help yes. each other. The brother and the sister did it. Yes, the, the, the mother and the father did it. Yeah. And they tried to save their family. Yes, the mother, and I almost felt like there was a moment when the mother thought that she wouldn't be around, where she told her father, "You have to look out for them." Well, she well because there was a moment, and we won't spoil it for you, but there's a moment where they're in sort of dire straits, and they're insulated into. Um, device they sort of created underground and she was asking him you know where were the children because they had just survived uh, a really tragic event mm -hmm. and he was like i don't know but i've taught them well and they'll they'll survive and they were sort of whispering because mm -hmm. they could in this environment they were in right. and uh which was good it, it led up for the um for the subtitles but um she was like it is our job to protect them. Right. They're here because of us. Yep. And we need to find them. Yeah. 
And, and was, he went out. It was just so much. He was like a motherfucking tank. First he of was. all, John Krasinski, fucking 13 hours bitch, <laughs> was pulling it out as the regular guy who yeah. could also run 14 miles. Yeah, he was He was every man. <laughs> he was every man. Mm-hmm. But like, I loved him because he reminded me of my dad. Like, you push away and he just grabs you. You know right. what I mean? You push away and he's like, I don't care what you say, I'm teaching you. Mm-hmm. This is my job, and I'm teaching you, and I'm going to sacrifice. And I'm going to keep you alive. And I'm going to keep you alive. Yeah. And I love you from here to the end of the fucking world. And you can be as mad as you want to be, but this is what I'm teaching you. Understand, you have to survive when I'm gone. Yeah, yeah. And you have to protect your mother when I'm gone. That was very real. And it was a very film. real, and it was very interesting. Yeah, it was. It was. And how throughout the whole film, he kept saying, even when the, when the little boy was timid mm-hmm. and afraid, you have to protect your mother. You have to protect your mother. It wasn't about to, him. Or you had to protect your sister. He kept it was saying it's about your mom. Of yeah, he mm-hmm. kept saying, "Remember, it's about your mom." Yeah, and he and it, it was just I I love this film and I, I hope he makes more because I hope he makes more. And I, I wanna... think he has the ability to do some yeah. things that we're not really seeing in, in a lot of cinema today. Well, he's a, he's very like well-rounded. Renaissance yeah. man, comedy, drama, action, building up the body. And right. he's got a nice little s- support base cuz I thought initially that Emily Blunt who's his wife, right. um and a, and a great actress in her own right. Yes, yeah, she is. Um first of all, Sicario killing it. Yes. Um but and I really loved her. And I think she's in the new Mary Pop. She's Mary Poppins. She's Mary Pop- Poppins. In the I new loved movie. her in the Adjustment Bureau. Yes, oh. she was great in Damn the Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, that was her. She that was, was her great first in Devil. Film. She was in Edge of Tomorrow with yeah. um, Tom Cruise. She was in a lot of stuff. But um, I really, I really sort of love her, and I love them together as a couple because I, they feed off of each other, and I think yeah. they provide this great little sort of like. Uh, play off of each other. I thought she produced this. She is a producer, but she didn't. He produced, wrote, and direct. Yes, which oh, shit. I killed. That. That's awesome. I because she's she's part of PGA, so uh, which is producers Guild of America. Um, and I thought that she was a part. I thought maybe she produced it, but no, it was all him. It was his show, yeah. and I think that's tremendous to be able to act and direct and write and produce. When when we were in film school. I had a teacher named John Freitas from the New School. Shout out New School. Yeah, shout out to the New School. I want my money back for some things. Now I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you see Fifth Avenue and 14th Street? Next, next. Anyway, next. <laughs> Give me a minute. Um, <laughs> anyway, I I was always taught that when you are in your film, it is not because your films are always about you. Right, as a writer, as a director, you're the writer, and your films are always about you. So, when you do that, you have to. You have to include yourself in all that you write. So, what you do is everything that you write is about you. So, because it's about you. So, what I was saying is, I really love the dynamic between Emily Blunt and her real life husband, um, John Krasinski. Um, it's it, it's very apparent in the scene in which the two dance oh, in their amazing. cellar, mm-hmm. and 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 the sound quality and the sound 
um, design was very mm-hmm. specific because she was listening to headphones and he was busy working and she pulled him away and shared the headphones and hence it was the whole diagenic, non-diagenic dynamic right. was put into play and allowed us to introduce us into their world and what she was listening to and it just showed how romantic they were. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> if you want to say... Oh, it was very irresponsible of them to like, because obviously she's pregnant in the trailer. Yeah. If if you want to say it's so irresponsible of them for her to be pregnant, you know, there was a substantial amount of time between a tragedy and this. Um, and the reveal of her pregnancy. And the reveal mm-hmm. of her pregnancy. But I mean, think about it. You're in. You're you're alone, and it's silent, and the world is quiet, and you're trying to figure out how to exist with your remaining children, and how what what happens with what happens. Right. And I guess things happen. I mean, I would have gone a different way, but that's not for everyone. And they and not to mention there were no doctors involved. There and were no so doctors. She literally was she, throughout her whole pregnancy on, that we saw in the film. She was monitoring herself. She mm-hmm. she monitored her blood pressure. She was taking care of herself. And, she was. and, you know, the thing is, we're living in an apocalyptic situation yeah, where you don't know what's going to happen and you don't know how to manage your whole world. Well, they husband and wife. So, I mean, these things happen between a husband right. and wife. And they were prepared for the arrival of their child. Absolutely. And as we've seen in the trailers, if you haven't seen a trailer, this doesn't give anything away. Mind blowing shit. Because I don't know how the fuck she made it through that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the the whole this this film it is definitely a thriller. It 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 can sit up there in horror movie because yeah a little bit yeah because it it's one of those things where people literally I've never been in a theater and I was saying this before yeah. in in Harlem USA yeah. where everyone was quiet and and people were even it's saying loud no one said anything no throughout this entire film because they were so people were sitting on the edge of their seats and and it was like we were waiting on that next thing to happen yes and that's what it was and and throughout this movie you're going to feel that way and you feel that that energy around the family and her and, and the survival of the family yeah and i think that the film leads you into a sort of um silent state absolutely it starts off that way so it's kind of like you know it's sort of a uh Un, unannounced call to silence. Right, for sure. Um, and like I was saying before, some people were saying like they were had anxiety about chewing that popcorn. I had no anxiety because popcorn is when I can get down. And popcorn movies. is your life. Popcorn is my life. I, I hear mean, you. I might, I might be buried in some. Is that weird? <laughs> no, that's you can be buried in some. Yeah, we'll, little we'll shorts. Make sure that happens. Shorts and some in a tank. I got you. And some it's popcorn. Coming. You could dribble some butter on me. That was weird. Wow. That was weird. That got weird. That's another moment. But that's, I'm okay, though. I'm that's, okay with it. I'm that's okay another it. episode, folks. I'm okay with it. But anyway, <laughs> I was going to eat my popcorn. That's my only cheat day. Right. Um, <laughs> so anyway, but um, it wasn't as silent as you might believe. So if you're right. reading about this and you feel like it's a silent film, in the in the guise of what we know to be silent films, it wasn't that silent. Yeah. I mean, it was very quiet. But it yeah. wasn't silent. And I, you know, the film that the the moment in the film that stood out for me was the moment with the father and the son when they were by the waterfall, and they were just having that moment of release. Yes, where he was trying to explain to his son, 
in a in a very natural way yes. that it's okay to express yourself. It's okay yeah. to be loud in this moment because the son was in a moment of fear. He, well, he was always in a moment and of it, fear. There was there was a beautiful that was a beautiful moment there. It was where he was just like yell, scream, yeah, be be you in this moment. Well, because the waterfall dampened the sound, right? And it there so, was it was so powerful yeah. to me. I was like. Wow, this is really touching, and that's and it was one of those things that pulled you into these characters and made you understand as the parents of these kids, right. their their whole mission was to make sure their kids survived and that they make sure their kids were prepared for whatever kind of future that it would unfold to them. Well, John Krasinski created his characters that seem so realistic yeah. and lifelike. Very common man. Very common man. And mm-hmm. I really like that about him. Yeah. I feel like he's probably a common man in real yeah. life. And it made me feel like I, w- I would go to see anything else he directed. I would go to see anything he directed or started. I mean, I absolutely. was I was on board after 13 hours. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, when I saw this, when actually when I saw this, I didn't know he directed it. Yeah, he, I didn't even know he, he wrote did it. Everything. I just know he starred in it, and then we stayed for the credits, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, he did everything. Are you really banging it out right now? Yeah, because I've been watching. I've been watching interviews about this, and, and working with his wife, working with the kids, because there's been a lot of interviews. It's amazing. It's an amazing experience, and yeah. I, I'm, I'm I'm grateful that they did it. And I'm sure this was instrumental in sealing something for them. Yeah, some future deals for sure. Yeah, and I, I, I'm glad that we get to see movies like this. These last few movies that we've seen. Yeah. From Love Simon, Ready Player One to yeah. this 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 one here and, and yeah. uh, Joaquin's movie, I think that we're finally getting to see some different kinds of movies. Everything yeah. doesn't have to be about a superhero. No, I think that it's good to experience these kinds of things, these quieter movies that really have a lot to say. Realistic films mm-hmm. about real life and how you could do this. I'm not gonna lie, I was kind of watching um, Joaquin's film. And thinking, like, I could be a killer. Yeah. I could do this. Yeah. Maybe I gotta see a shrink. I don't know. But yeah, I was I was I was feeling help. it a little I'm and okay. And Alex anyway, is the killer, by the way, y'all. Producer extraordinaire. Yeah. Alex, you got something to say about this film or are you just really playing the cut? What's happening? <laughs> you guys have pretty much cut. covered it off. I could talk some shit for a minute, but I don't feel like it. Oh, we oh. don't mean to disturb you. So the vodka is kicked in. I mean, because you picked say. a special vodka and got shit to say. Yeah. <laughs> but I understand. Y'all, he's just ruminating in the vodka right now, and, it, and it's all good. Like I said, I, I, I'm glad I that we get to explore movies like this, and I want people to go out and see them. Find them in your local areas and, this and just is really check it out. absolutely available in every theater yeah, because this sure. is a wide release. Yeah, so Quiet Place is definitely a wide release. You can see this. Go find it at your local Cineplex. Grab your girlfriend. Grab your boyfriend. Grab your husband or your wife and just enjoy. Because it is definitely, um, it seems very quiet, but it's got a little bit of an edge to it. It's a little bit of a roller coaster and it will take you on a ride. And I think so. Go out. Have a good time. See a movie. Grab some dinner. Have a good night. Absolutely. So um, this is it for us and for this episode. And we honestly have not planned the next films. <laughs> they but don't care. They'll just be listening We'll post anyway. it on our social media. Absolutely. So what I have to say as always is if you like this episode, please be sure to like, share, and follow on our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and SoundCloud under Beer Bourbon and a Movie. And don't forget to use the hashtag, hashtag BBM Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. 
See you next time. This is Beer Bourbon. See ya. And a movie. Bye, Alex. Bye.